0: Episode 12 of the Cleverly Changing Podcast. I am so excited because this marks the end of our first season. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, for telling your friends. This podcast has truly been something that has been on our hearts and our minds, Miriam and I, and we wanted to connect with other parents. You don't have to be a homeschool parent to listen. The information that we share is really for all different types of parents. And so what we do, we do share from our perspective because we are both homeschool moms, but we appreciate all of you for tuning in. Now, this next episode, the last episode of the season, is also viewer discretion advised. It is a sequel to our last episode where we talked about um, preparing your children and keeping them safe from predators. This episode is where we talk to a trained professional. We're actually speaking with a licensed clinical social worker who has an expertise in sexual abuse. And that is what the topic is covering. Sexual Abuse in our children. It's something that we don't always talk about in our communities, but it's a topic that we should be aware of and we should know how we can keep our children safe because that is very critical and it's so important. So please send us your feedback. We are at Cleverly Changing on social media and at cleverlychanging at gmail.com on email. So you can just send us an email, let us know how you've been enjoying this podcast, and please tell your friends because we want people to hear this conversation and to engage with it. So this information that we share week after week, we spend time connecting with you parents and aunties and uncles, and we want to give you the information that can help you thrive as you're raising your children or as you're interacting with children who whom you love. So we appreciate you and we hope that you will continue to tune in next season. Next season will come on to, um, we will upload next season in September. So the first week in September, we will be back, but we're going to take a break. During the month of August. And then once school starts in September, we will be joining you. Remember, our podcast is bi weekly. So we are excited to start a new season in September. So be ready. All right, you can always tune in to our last podcast that we've done. episode 12 and the previous episodes as well we are found everywhere podcasts are played so definitely tune in on itunes leave us a review follow us on soundcloud what listen to us on stitcher wherever you like to listen to your podcast please listen to us all right we will talk to you let us know um, we will talk to you later but let us know how you're enjoying this podcast okay bye for now It's now time for the word of the episode.
1: Today's word is kuwanda, and it means prepare in Swahili. Rising early makes the road short. African proverb.
0: Welcome to the Cleverly Changing Podcast. The cleverly changing podcast is a bi-weekly show where we discuss culture life and everything in between today is a very special and important show this is a follow-up show and we have a guest speaker with us our guest today is faith davis and i'm gonna let her introduce herself but before we do that i want parents to know that this topic that we're going to have is a sensitive topic so it is mainly for adults especially if you haven't talked to your children about different types of abuse so that's the disclaimer if you're not ready to discuss those type of things with your children this may be a podcast that you want to listen to on your own but it's not just for homeschooling parents, it's for all parents, aunties and uncles and cousins, whoever is dealing with children. So it's also for teachers, and we really wanted to get into the topic with an expert in the field. And that is why we are talking to licensed clinical social worker, Faith Davis. Hi, Faith. Hi. How are you? Pretty good. Can you give us a little bit of information about your background and what you do?
1: Well, as you said, I'm a clinical social worker licensed in the states of North Carolina and Maryland, as well as DC. I also have my license in substance abuse addictions in the state of North Carolina. And currently, I'm doing hospital social work. Um, I work on a med surge unit. And I also work PRN in another hospital as a psychotherapist for children and adults.
0: Okay that's pretty heavy. So I I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation with us. I know that you are familiar with the podcast because you're my sister and you're super supportive. So I appreciate that. But I I really thought that it was very important for us to have a follow up conversation from our last podcast, where we speak with someone who is a professional in and has dealt with abuse on a clinical level. Yeah. And so I know that recently in The news and on social media, we've been hearing a lot about children who are the victims of sexual abuse. And every time we hear it, it is disheartening and it makes us sick to our stomachs. And it seems like it continues to happen over and over. And so, what I wanted to do, because there is no demographic that is exempt from abuse. I wanted to shed some light on the topic and educate people because I feel like in some cases people are like, oh, well, it's the boyfriend. You shouldn't have your boyfriend around your kids. And in some of the instances that we've seen in the news that has been the case, but that is not always the risk factor. It's not always a boyfriend. It can be multiple different people, and I wanted to kind of give parents an opportunity to recognize what red flags could be that they can look out for. What are some red flags that parents can look for?
1: Okay, now when you're asking about the red flags parents can be aware of, As far as their children and looking for signs of any abuse or neglect? Correct. Yes. Okay. So what you want to look for, is your child exceptionally clingy to you um, when they leave you, when when you leave them with someone? Um, Are they saying, oh, mom, don't go, please stay? Are they just really putting up a fuss when you're trying to leave them with a particular individual? That could be an indicator that, you know, you want to explore further. Um, Is your child... You know, you using the bathroom on themselves and they've been potty trained, but they they keep having accidents on themselves and that's not normal. You want to look into that. Um, are there any bruises or unexplained marks on your child? Um Is your child having any type of discharge, any type of infections where you're taking your child to the doctor? You want to be on the lookout for things like that. Um, Is your child telling you that a person has given them just exceptional gifts? Um, and it might not be Christmas time or the holidays, but every time this person is coming around, they're giving them, just showering them with gifts. Um, the child might spend extra time with the individual. Um, the individual might want to take them different places, um, just spending an absorbent amount of time with your child or your children. Um, and your child might come up to you and say, well, you know, this person wants us to keep some secrets. So you, you want to look out for all of those type of um, actions and behaviors. Okay, wow. I mean, you you said a lot, you said a lot. And I think one of the
0: things that really stood out to me that you mentioned was unusual behavior, things that are extremely out of the norm. And something that you mentioned that we don't always equate with abuse but it's definitely a sign is the gifts, the extreme gifts, because someone can give someone a gift where, you know, that's fine. But if the gift is very expensive or somehow whatever the child did, it was so extremely lavish compared to what was given. It doesn't necessarily um, meet with the reward.
1: Yes, right, right. And, you know, some of the things I always tell parents because I did my internship on a specialized sex abuse unit at a social service agency. And I worked with survivors of um, sexual abuse, physical abuse. I worked with their foster parents as well as their biological parents. Um, I would tell. Um, the parents to really listen to their children and not only listen, but look at even nonverbal behaviors that the child might have. Because a lot of times, sometimes children can't even verbalize what is going on, but there are nonverbal behaviors that a, a child could exhibit that you can um, you know kind of try to talk
2: with them more well let me ask this question what what can we do as parents to be proactive so that hopefully our children won't fall victim to someone who Sick. (laughs) How do we keep them safe?
1: Exactly. And you know what? That's a very good question because
2: prevention
1: is the key. And one of the things is starting early, talking to your child about their body, creating within your child a very positive body confidence. And what I mean by that is letting them know what their private parts are beyond the slang terms. Really teaching them the proper terms for their private areas, for young girls. Letting them know where their vagina is located, you know. Um, Letting the little boy know what his penis is and going beyond the slang terms that we often use for those private areas, giving them um, proper education around their boundaries, how to say no. And how to let you know when they are uncomfortable with something or someone. So it's really educating. And that starts in the home.
0: Okay. All right. (laughs) That, that was very, very helpful. One of the, one of my key takeaways from that is definitely something that we brought up in the last um, podcast about the subject. And that's some children don't talk about it because they don't necessarily have the vocabulary around it. So they don't really know how to say, um, you know, someone touched me on my, you know, they may, their private area, they may not know how to say that if they don't have the vocabulary around it. And just giving them permission to use the words penis or vagina, those will help them, those words alone will give them more of a license, I wanna say, to feel comfortable saying this is what happened to me.
1: Right and even for you know some children who do not know the proper names for their private areas when they do use the slang term being aware you know asking them further questions will describe what happened you know where um, who was around you know ask questions but most have- of all most of all believe in your child.
2: Yeah, I I feel you on that. (laughs) When they tell you something happened, listen. It kind of hurts my feelings when I read stories that the mother or the father knew that something was going on, but they just didn't believe that something was going on. So they didn't do anything. And of course, it escalated to the point of complete unnecessariness and It's just heartbreaking. But with that being said, I was wondering if you could, if we could kind of segue into what do you do once something has happened? So something has happened. What should be your first step? Lil Tyrone has said that the babysitter had him touch her somewhere or something. Now, what are you supposed to do to rectify the situation. You believe them? Yes. What do you do? Yes, you definitely believe your child.
1: And what you do, because it's important to take action. So you definitely want to take action. You want to contact Child Protective Services to make a report. If you don't wanna use your name, you can be anonymous. Really? Yes. So you don't have to use your name. You can just, you know, because every report comes in as an allegation. And once they get that report, then they're gonna review what was stated on the report they didn't determine whether they're going to accept that report to follow up as an investigation or an assessment they've changed you know kind of terminology but um you know they'll determine whether whatever was said meets the criteria to be accepted for follow-up, and if that report is accepted, then they will definitely come out to the home. And just depending on if this um, considered a sexual abuse report or a neglect report, sometimes they will interview the child alone, and sometimes they will interview you and the child together it just depends on you know the allegations that were alleged in the report and which track that you know social services has determined to accept the report under um but you know you want to report it to the authorities and you also Want to get the child some help. Um, You want to determine whether you want to take the child to a counselor. You you have to determine whether the child might need a child medical examination, um, a physical examination, and really, once CPS becomes involved, then. You know, they'll let you know if a child medical exam is warranted. It just really depends on, like, I. It depends on the allegations in the report. Um, but you want to get your child some support and professional help so they can process whatever, you know, was whatever happened so they'll be able to talk about it and reach some type of healing for, you know, it's it's a major scar um, that sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect leaves on children. And so the sooner a child can get involved in some type of healing play therapy or talk therapy, group therapy, the family gets involved in counseling because it it, it not only affects the child, but it affects parents, it affects the family. Mm-hmm. So um, this whole, um, situation needs to be addressed to bring ultimate um, wholeness and healing for um, your loved one.
2: Okay, really quickly, I know this is so unprofessional, but my heart is screaming out, What about that bastard, though? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about the someone Look, tell who dared? You know, saying who dared to cross the line and violate my child. I right. mean, so are they just only dealt with on a, uh, I guess bureaucratic method? I mean, what happens? if you call the police, will the police go pick them up and then they have to go through that? Or because I'm just, in my mind, it seems like, okay, I've called Child Protective Services. Are they going to go pick that sucker up? Somebody needs to go pick them up because if they're out on the street for too long, they might just find me in their face. Right, right. So, then, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, yes, I, uh, I'm i angry. It hasn't even happened <laughs> It hasn't even happened to my family, but I'm angry. Right, right, right. And you
1: know what? That is a healthy thing to be angry about. Although it hasn't happened in your family or with your child, if more people became angry at the sex trafficking and the children who are being kidnapped and abused then Mm. maybe maybe there would be stronger laws for violations you you understand what i'm saying because i do you know child sex abuse and abuse in general really wasn't even recognized for a while say what it it wasn't even i mean it wasn't recognized where they were really prosecuting these what you call bastards and pedophiles and um people who are
0: predators
1: you see what i'm saying and you have that right to be angry so, um, you know, and depending on what occurred with the child, uh, the police will get involved and do a criminal e- investigation.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, without mm-hmm. the criminal investigation, they're usually isn't much done to the perpetrator of the abuse? Well Is it it, only when the you know police are involved? No, no, it really depends because
1: see CPS can come in and get involved and it goes it goes through the court system and the perpetrator. The um, attacker can be, you know, handled and prosecuted through the court system.
2: As okay. well
1: as, you know, if if the police didn't get involved, they could still, you know, be prosecuted.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yes. Oh, I have another question. What, well, what difference, if there is any difference between um, rape, molestation, and incest? Okay. So
1: incest is defined as any type of sexual abuse or touching or it could be uh, any type of sexual contact that occurs when the person is a family member, when they are related to you by biological or adoption. That is considered incest. Like, um, it could be... uh, Father and a son, or a mother and a daughter, or a brother and a sister, any family member who sexually violates, or fondles, or has any type of unwanted sexual touching, or it could be rape or oral sex or sexual intercourse that occurs between another family member. That's considered incest. And when the the person is under a certain age.
2: Oh, age has something to do with that, okay. Is that the difference between, is age the difference between molestation and rape too?
1: Well, now, molestation and rape. Rape is defined as when you are sexually violated, either in a course or oral. It, you could be orally raped. Any type of unwanted, and it and rape occurs when you're a child or adult. Mm. So it's any type of unwanted when you cannot, when you have not considered, consented to a sexual contact between, you know, another person. That's rape. Now molestation, is any type of fondling touching um sexual penetration is molestation and that can be between um someone you know someone you don't know a family member but that's molestation but in (laughs) particular incest is when it's within the family when it's by a family member
2: okay oh okay this is one of our listener questions um she was concerned about children being on the internet mm-hmm. and um, sh- the sharing of pictures and videos, how, how, is that, how does that fit into, I don't want to say sex crimes, even though I guess that's technically what it is, but mm-hmm. how does that fit into sexual abuse?
1: Yes. Um they have what there's a popular term that is called sexting. And that's where, you know, teens or a young person or you know, even some adults send racing sexual pictures. They might send a picture um of their breasts are showing their um, private area or in some type of sexual pose or any any sexual um, part is showing. They send it to a person um, by cell phone, by the computer um and it's something that a lot of teens have started doing um and so the question that you just posed that the reader posed they wanted to know how a parent should kind of n- prevent that from happening is that the question? So, so here's the scenario. If you're
0: a parent and your child is inter- entering the teenage years right. and they're on social media. Yes. And, you know, some social media like Snapchat, for instance, they feel like it's just going to disappear. But in some states, it is a crime on the books that if an underage male or female sends a picture to another person, whether under age or not, that is, um, and they show it to someone else. That is a crime. Yeah. So, how do you protect your kids by um, getting them to understand that you don't need to receive that type of information, and it's not funny. It's not a joke. It's a serious allegation that you don't. You don't want to have to register as a sex offender because. You took the wrong type of. uh, You made the wrong decision with what you did after you received that material. Right,
1: right. Well, you know what? That's that kind of touches on what we talked about earlier in the conversation. Having a relationship with your child, where your child feels comfortable talking with you about any subject. You know, it's very important for you to be able to nurture and develop a relationship with your child where open and honest communication about sex can be had you know because we are living in a world where technology is trying to teach our children about sex your your child is hearing any and everything in the schools as well as in the street among their friends and so you want to create a home environment where your child does not fear coming to you, talking about um, what's going on and um, if they received a racy picture from one of their friends or from someone they didn't know? You see? Okay,
0: yes. Something that came to mind um, to me about the situation is, I think, giving your children that information prior to, like, this is um, the, off- you know, the offense, and these are the consequences, making sure that they understand what the consequences are. Because sometimes, I think, with young people, they don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Oh, I didn't know that was wrong. Oh, I didn't know. And I think we have to take that, um, that ignorance is not, um, not going
2: to save you.
0: <laughs> the ignorance is not going to save you. It's not. Right. So, you know, that's not a defense. Ignorance that's is
1: not a defense. You have, to, you have to create scenarios. You know, so, what if <clears throat> such and such happened? And, and get some feedback. Well, what would you do to your child? What, what would you say if this happened? What would you do if you received this? How would you react? You know, find out what your child is thinking.
0: Okay. So role play yeah. and and discuss it. Yeah, So that's a...
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. And see, that creates an atmosphere where your child, they won't be so fearful in bringing something to you. If you, if you say, well, what if such and such or, you know.
0: So it sounds like a lot of what you've talked about so far is about that parent-child relationship, about how you interact together makes a world of difference when it comes to any type of abuse. You know, just being able to be comfortable with your child so that they are willing to talk to you. That is the key in all situations.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to, um, you know. I, I I I'm not sure how.
0: <laughs> well, I to know, project you your know, personal feelings. Are you saying to project your personal feelings?
1: To no, I wasn't going to say that. I was getting ready to say that sometimes, um. Well, I know while growing up, we were just told to keep our dress down and our panties up. That was the rule you see? <laughs> And you know, um we we did not get the benefit of discussing, well, what is sex and? you know, sexuality and what is pleasure? Um, What is okay? What is not okay? Well, what do you think? How do you feel about this? You see? And so you don't wanna always talk about sex in a bad light because sex is a beautiful thing, you know?
0: So don't make those conversations taboo.
1: Right, don't make them taboo and don't make them all about um oh this is not good or this is bad because you want your child to have a healthy outlook on their bodies and about um the proper time and place for sex you want them to feel good about their bodies you don't want them to have shame around themselves
0: okay well i
1: think
2: we have said a lot today (laughs) i would agree but i have one last question yes okay you you kind of talked about it a little bit when we were asking what are the next steps it, once your child comes to you and says something has happened to me. But I'm curious as to how realistic is it to have I guess i say a quote unquote normal life after something has happened. Is it really possible to almost rewind the clock as if nothing had ever happened or just to be able to, um, I guess, deal with it in a way and accept that something happened and to not use that as something to oppress Can
0: Can real healing truly be found? Are, are, are is the goal after you've been sexually abused to just cope with life
1: you know what I believe that uh, healing will be a lifelong process there are different um, stages of healing and um, as a child progresses through puberty and um, adulthood, certain situations will take place that, you know, could trigger different memories or, um, you know, cause a person to have flashbacks but i think the sooner a child receives um, counseling or gets involved in groups or gets involved in body work activities um, the better it is the sooner they get help and assistance to like you said, cope and to deal with and to um, and to handle the various emotions that they go through, the better it is. I don't think it's a, uh, you know, that... They will um, all of a sudden just be healed. But it really, it really depends on the child and how whatever happened affected them. It really right. depends on how that child perceived what happened to them and how what happened affected them.
0: Okay. That's pretty deep. I think um, as we wrap up, I wanted to, there were a lot of different points that you said that in the future, I would love to have you on the show again so that we can discuss it. One of the things that you said that really has stood out in my mind is body confidence. Yes. Yes. I think that in and of itself, is a whole show topic. Indeed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Body
0: confidence, because I think that um, with you know the adolescence, I think that's a big component that parents you know, are looking to find how do you achieve body confidence, especially when some parents haven't achieved it.
2: Yes, I was going to say, what about <laughs> yes. for
0: the grown-ups too? <laughs> yes. Right, so, so we want to talk about that in the future. And yes. also, um, in a future show, I would also like for you to talk about the different types of abuse and kind of really define them for okay. us. Yes. Because- All abuse isn't just sexual. And I think that um, right now, just in the climate of social media, that what we've been seeing, it's something that we're talking about, but there are other types of abuse as well. And they're not any less important. And so I would love to have you back on and um, we discuss those topics as well.
1: Well, you know what? I thank you all for having such an enlightening podcast, the topics that you all discuss, the different words that you all define. It is so relevant and refreshing to hear um hear you all as sisters discussing it and raising awareness of what can you know how we can have healthy children and healthy families and be healthier parents is a blessing that you all are on the cutting
2: edge. Oh thank you
0: Well, thank you. So before we let you go, I just wanted to recap the points that you brought up. So the next steps that parents should take are, one, contact Child Protective Services. Two, seek help or counseling for your child. And three, seek some sort of support, some type of therapy, whether it's play therapy, group therapy, family therapy. But those are just some of the three steps that should be taken if a parent finds out something has happened to his or her child.
1: And, and I definitely so, also want to tell you to, to dial 911. Dial 911. Because some things are considered criminal, and you, you need to address it with the cops immediately. Um get but CPS is involved too. And even the cops will send information to CPS as well. Okay, so you just brought up something that how do we know
0: when it's time to dial nine one one, and when we should place a call to CPS?
1: Well, let's say um your child you came home and your child said the babysitter did something sexual with them dial 911 because that's a criminal investigation
0: okay mm-hmm. and can you give me an ex- scenario example for the child protective services
1: let's say um let's say um your child came home from school one day and said that the babysitter or you know not babysitter but let's say their cousin had taken them to the mall and just slashed them just kept slapping them in the car and they just decided to tell you today so you can call child protective services because that would be considered physical abuse
0: okay so quick Scenario question: If your kid is in school and they tell you, "Hey, I was talking to my friend Tony, and Tony said that his auntie or his, you know, his neighborhood friend touched him inappropriately," who should you call as the parent?
1: Because mm-hmm. um, I, I would think that would be child yeah. protective services. No, that that would be. Um, the police because Child Protective Services data set reports um, on people who are considered the caretaker of the child so parent um, uh, boyfriend if the girl if the father's girlfriend a babysitter, whoever is in the caretaking role, that's when child protective services would receive the report and follow up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was very enlightening. Yes.
2: Yeah, that cleared up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't know that. So yeah. we learned a lot today, didn't we?
1: Like, <laughs> if a teacher, if a teacher sexually abused a child. That would be the police nine one one. Okay. Mm hmm. Well, thank you, thank you so
0: much for your expertise and your clarity that you provided us with, Miriam. Do you have any last words for us?
2: I'm still mad. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I will forever be angry at people. Who victimize the children? I, I man. And rightly so. I just so. don't understand how people have. Uh, it's upsetting enough that we do things to each other as adults, right. but to children who have such innocence and ignorance about so many things. Right. Uh, It hurts a lot more
1: for me. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what really hurt me is when um, I was invited to go to a a screening of a movie on sex trafficking some years ago, maybe around 11 years ago. And what really shocked me is when I sat in that movie and I realized that most of this sex trafficking is not taking place in foreign countries. The highest percentage of sex trafficking is taking place in the United States of America. on our city streets (sighs) Washington D.C. Maryland I mean we're considered the corridor 95 going straight straight through you know sex trafficking is taking place at the highest numbers in the highest levels here in the United States of America and I literally was blown away
2: Moving when next I week.
1: learned that, did you know that? No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, we,
0: we were not aware.
1: What? And yes. th- I mean, sex trafficking is a whole nother, That's a <laughs> podcast in and of itself. That's a whole nother, yeah, yeah, It's not another topic because a lot of times the um, children who are caught up in this sex trafficking were sexually abused or may have been runaways from situations that took place wherever they were residing. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so they got caught up in, you know, sex trafficking. Um, but that is, like you said, that is a different um, well, you know, it's just a, a different part and segment right the, it's a,
0: it's a whole nother segment.
1: segment right, right. Yeah.
0: I do not want to end on a, a somber note because I think right. we, we have been rattled. <laughs> I think, you know we we were ending, and I think it just, that that piece of knowledge just took it to to a whole different level, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna ask you: Can you kind of um, give us some words of encouragement? Because I I I don't want to end on this on a down <laughs> note because I feel I feel you know just as a parent that was depressing. Yes. Yes and i'm disturbed so i don't want i don't want our listeners to be disturbed right i want you to um give us some words of encouragement and um and i thank you because i think more than anything knowledge is power yes. and in this instance when you know more you do more yes and so As parents we need to keep our eyes open yes and our ears open so that we can see and hear what's going on around us
1: right yes and I definitely agree with you that this topic is one that is very heart-wrenching because it does affect our most prized possessions which are our children and we definitely want um, them to have the brightest futures that they can free of abuse and neglect and victimization and exploitation so um like i said i thank you all for taking out the time out of your schedule to even provide this type of form so we can be educated the world can be educated we can receive tips on um just navigating this life better so um you know maya angelou wrote a poem Um, the title Still I Rise, and, you know, in the midst of something that is so blatantly um, devastating, It's important to remember that beauty can come out of ashes and beauty can come out of uh, wounds and and beauty can come out of devastation. Um, On just knowing that parenting is a rich opportunity to, you know, better the world, better society you know um and and making sure that you all take time out to replenish yourselves to do something good for yourself tonight you know to if it's nothing more than lighting a candle or maybe not a candle But just doing it for yourself, going in the bathroom, whatever um, brings you a little bit of joy, moments of moments of um, refreshing, where you can excel, where you can let your hair down, taking a bubble bath, or whatever brings you joy, it's important to do it. And to know, that, um, that life, the best is yet to come. In the midst of, of, of everything that you might think is negative, you can find some positives. And it's important to, to utilize affirmations, to um, do positive self-talk, to exercise, to put some fun and laughter, and enjoyment into your day. <laughs> if it's just five minutes, do All right. It. Do it for yourself.
0: So, so you mentioned Still I Rise. I'm going to um, close with that poem because I think, you know, just Maya Angelou's life Yes, it's so fitting for the topic. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to close with the poem Still I Rise. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust. I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room, just like the moons and like suns, with the certainty of ties, just like hope springing high. Still, I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops? weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haltiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard, cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history shame, I rise. Up from a past that rooted that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide, leaving behind nights of terror and fear. I rise into a daybreak that's wondrously clear. I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise.